Greetings, everyone. Oh my god, and welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler. And I'm News Channel 6, reporting from the void, Till! Tell us, how's it going in the void, Till? Well, recently, I was approached by a writhing mass of tentacles that told me to drink bleach to save my life. And you said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak and spongy. <laughs> I said, that seems wrong. I'm going to go ahead and fact check that. I'll be back with you. Hey, you know what? And we've said this before. If you drink bleach, 100% chance you will not die of COVID-19. Truth. Um, rolling with Disadvantage is our podcast uh, where we argue, debate, and scream into the void. You already mentioned Scream. that part about uh, D&D 5th Edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. I want to just, you know, it's it's been a lot of episodes, and I always have the script up when I do the intro. Didn't have the script up today, so I'm pretty You didn't have it today. Oh, no, I just, just didn't even bother. I know it now. <laughs> what episode? Do you know what episode number we're on? I'm not even like... some Wait. I feel I like it's more than that. We're on season two, episode 20-something. I know yeah. that. I feel like we're in the 60s already. Well, la- let's see. Last last episode was season two, episode 30. Oh, shit. And when did the previous season even end? 2018? What, what did we end on? End, end of 2018? What did we end on? I don't remember. Uh... Was it the live play? No, that was our like recap. One, the one year was one year was the live play. Mind flayers and RWD reflections. That was our. Okay. Uh, that was oh shit! I didn't even I didn't even note what it was. Uh, the SoundCloud says we have sixty four tracks. Okay, one of those is the and some um, a couple of them are repeats. I think four of them are repeats. So say and one of them's the two minute intro. Right. We almost okay. So we almost have sixty episodes. Yeah. That's pretty good. Thanks for hanging on, people. And yeah, for well, all you new people, ride. I hope you're listening to them like, in the back. We said some good stuff back then. Yeah, go back and listen to the old ones if you haven't already, because sometimes we we like really do like land on some good fucking content, you know? Finally, some but good fucking content. we don't content. remember it. No, literally not we, at all. And we'll bring it up again later. So, But this is our uh, second month. This marks our second month in a row where we have over 1,000 uh, listens on our show. Hey-o! Oh, Welcome, people. Hi. Hello. Greetings. Um, we do have a couple things that we're talking about today. We uh, Let's go to keep the listener mail trailing going. And uh, Paul emailed us again. And Paul's asking this week about what we make, what <laughs> what we think makes an interesting BBEG, and if you could remind the listening audience what that stands for, Till. Uh, ooh, you know, I feel like I've played a lot of Cards Against Humanity, so I might be wrong here, but I'm going to go with <laughs> uh, Big Bad Evil Guy. Big Bad Evil Guy, courtesy of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. Uh, it's just the kind, or otherwise called BBG, Big Bad Guy, right? Uh, yes. BBEG is our big bad eagle guy. Not a BBCG, right? That's a very, very, or BBW? Wait. BBW's Big Beautiful Women? Is that right? Yes, that is yeah. that is accurate. Okay. <laughs> Not that either. This is a big bad evil guy. So what makes Although it interesting? The two aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. They're so. not. You can have BBWBBE. Well, I said BB. It would be BBEW. Big bad evil women. BBB. No, BB, BB, bad, beautiful, evil women. Yeah. Um, so Paul asked about that, and he even mentions the BBEG could be anything. It could even be a boat. So thank you, Paul, for that. That's a, that's that's cool right there, because, I mean... That's a listener. We, 
That's listener A and B. We don't have to bring it up now. It already it was already brought no, up. I already did it. I got it. I know out of the way. Well, yes. I, repl- I replied to him immediately saying that the, obviously a mimic boat would be. Ah, yes, the, that's the EB, one. EB. That's it. I'm done. We did it. That's the interesting thing. It's a mimic that's the size of like a galleon. Yeah, exactly. Or like the Titanic, like a proper fucking. Oh boat, my god! Right? And you go to fight it, and it's just like rise into this like kraken esque object. Well, see, little did everybody know, this is for you history buffs out there, the iceberg was also a mimic, and the Titanic <laughs> was, was a mimic, a mimic and they fought in the ocean like kaiju. That, it was <laughs> the, the very first kaiju versus Jaeger fight was Titanic versus the so, iceberg. So wait, so the Titanic was the Jaeger, and the yes. iceberg was the kaiju? Correct. That that checks out. The math yes, checked it, out there. <laughs> And there's no picture evidence of the sinking, right? So no one. Because it happened underwater. There were no underwater cameras back then. Like, well, people thought the boat was splitting, right? When it tipped up and like snapped. No, that was a transformation. That was a, like a transformer's boat happening. <laughs> More than meets the eye, they say. I do believe that it was a statement about transformers. Um, and so, certain people that you know, you have to watch out. Check. For. Yeah. I have been grappling with this. What makes it interesting? BBG. Because we are in the fledgling stages of a campaign now. Yes. Right? And you are dealing with kind of an intermediary between what you, your group perceives as the big bad guy. Like, not you, your character. You're not part of their thing, really. They they perceive there's this person who betrayed them in the past. That's the party. Like, their commander. And they're kind of out to get him eventually. They know they're not really ready for it. So they're kind of hunting him down. But right now, there's been these lesser guys, like lieutenants or whatever, in the way who have been kind of satisfying to fight, to pursue and, and like build up as bad guys, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you haven't seen them ex- explicitly do anything evil. We have just the the other. What, what's what's yeah, that? The evidence. Uh, yeah, but the, the, what's the word for that? Um, where it's not direct evidence. Of something like you don't have them red-handed. It's circumstantial. We have circumstantial evidence, right? You have you have a a person who was murdered, and you think you know they did it. He he gave oh he gave one of our characters a cursed not a cursed a magical which you believe is cursed straight razor to shave. Mm -hmm. Right? These little things you're like, okay, this guy's this guy's fucking evil, right? And it's actually worked pretty well to build him up as somebody that you all want to just find and destroy, Um, but. He's not the BBEG. He's no, just not. I, I hope not. No, he's just someone in the way. You're level five. He's a level. Yeah. He's a level five bad guy. See, We're and talking- that's that's one thing. You actually, before we go on too much further, that's a big point that I want to bring up sooner than later. I don't think you meet a big bad evil guy at that level. Right. When do you meet a big bad evil guy? You know, I definitely think that you know maybe you've heard of him. Maybe there's rumblings of something happening and maybe like a name gets whispered in your ear but you don't meet him if you meet him at that level you're gonna die right well the i think part of what makes a big bad evil guy interesting is the fact that they can kill you 100 percent. there has to be that threat of death otherwise what's the point if you can beat the shit out of any time i don't see the fun in that right now maybe a... maybe they themselves can't physically do maybe they have help and such i don't like obviously there's masterminds and such that don't get their own hands dirty but there's always the threat that because of them you are in danger but that's part of i think a lot of D stories is 
the direct, the inevitable direct involvement of the big bad guy in that, it's 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 much less satisfying if you get to the conclusion and you don't fight them. Like they just they die, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I killed all of your henchmen and you die with one stab. There's always kind of a desire from your players to be like, okay, I want to fight the mastermind, right? And and this is easy because they might not have been powerful the entire time, but by the end of the story, they find the powerful artifact. Suddenly they're mm-hmm. suddenly they're Goku ready to go. Their goal this entire time was to work towards being a lich, and so they had to murder a thousand people to do it. And so you've been tracking the serial killer across the land, and by the time you found him, uh oh. He's a lich. So you've stuck on another thing that I think helps with the development of an interesting big bad guy, and that is time. Yes. You, they, it takes time. It's not just show up, they're the evil guy, kill them, because that's not interesting. No. There is a buildup of what they've done, what you've interacted with them. Like Usually you've maybe fought them a couple times, or they've escaped once or mm-hmm. twice, or they've killed people you like. There's a sense of... They've done these things over time that makes them your nemesis, mm-hmm. right? And if it's short, if it's short and sweet, it doesn't really matter. Yes. So one thing I will say, um, probably one of my favorite things to do with my evil guys is to make them not seem evil at first. To give you that kind of conflicting yeah. emotion where maybe they helped you. Maybe they saved your life at some point. Right. You know, you were in a you were in a spot that you were for sure gonna die. You were surrounded by, you know, a gang of thugs, and you were level three. And this person showed up and teleported you out. Now, I don't mean this in a disparaging way in any way, but that's kind of very much a anime trope, right? Where like the people who you fight, I'm thinking of shows like Bleach or Inuyasha or shows like that. The people you're chasing, they'll save you because you are their nemesis, and they want to deal with you later. They don't want some pissant to get credit for killing you. See, and I'm going to go even further back than that. Probably the best example of two people fighting almost to death, but always for one reason or another, sparing each other's lives, is Batman and the Joker. Yeah, well, Batman doesn't kill people. And the Joker will never kill Batman because then Joker will have nothing to do. It's this mutual. They'll fight right to the brink of it, and then they'll stop. And they will always make sure the other one lives. Yeah, so there's there's a sense of respect. Yes. Uh yes. between you and your big bad guy, which which leads me to uh, it's a related thing that I think is a problem in big bad evil guy mm-hmm. pursuits. Uh and you see memes about this in that you finally, you know, you get to level 15 or 16 or whatever the story's about to end, you get to the big fight, you the DM are ready to 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 start your monologue, you set up the whole thing and your players like fuck it, I'm going to kill it and they ignore they just they just want to kill it. They're ignoring <laughs> everything. I roll initiative. I got a 23. It's my turn. I shoot him. I ready in action to shoot him if he talks. He starts monologuing. I shoot him. You know, you know what makes a big bad evil guy interesting is depth of character like any other character. Yes. Any other character on planet Earth. They're not they're not two-dimensional. That and and that's an excellent point. I think that that goes into what we we're saying about it being a long run leading up to the fight. There has to be story and history behind what's happening. I like to think of the big bad evil guy as the opposite side of the same coin as the heroes. Right. You know, they're both be. they're both essentially on this same path. They have different goals, obviously. They're, they're, they're trying to become more powerful. But they are both on this path to uh, to either succeed at what they're doing or to fail. And I there's like no the, two ways uh, about that. Uh, you know, Darth Vader is a great example of a big bad evil guy. 
who you you spend a long time with him, you get conflicted about him at the end, and even when fighting, gets great monologues, right? Mm-hmm. And you can even, to, to your point, at certain times you can think, oh, you know what? He's not that bad. He's just misunderstood. But you're wrong. Think, you're wrong. I don't wrong. think there's ever a time that I, I felt that. About Darth Vader? Yeah, may, like at the end when he finally, like, you know, set things straight. But At the end and before he's actually Darth Vader. I, mean, I think the first two movies, you're like, oh, no, he's supposed uh, to be just kind no, of I, I was, oh, no, I was really hoping he would die. And I knew he wouldn't, but I was really hoping he would when just die. When I watched Revenge of, Revenge of the Sith, I was watching it just hoping, like, oh, man, I really hope Anakin doesn't become Darth Vader. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and it's like, you know he does. You know he does. You're like, yeah, that's Darth Vader. But you're like, God, I mean, that sucks because... You know, he's he, he did, it sucks to be Darth Vader. Darth Vader has got a horrible life. Yes, yes. Uh, and that's that's another thing. Like, if you're playing with characters who are genuinely good, like if you have a bunch of Luke Skywalkers in your party, having that Darth Vader there that they want to save more than they want to fight is excellent. Absolutely. That's, I think, a great point. That a, an interesting and good big bad guy Maybe the solution isn't kill them. Yeah. Period. Your like, entire I, mission, everything you've worked and strove for, is to make him reformed. Or even just like to arrest him and bring him to justice. Like 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 let the people he killed bring him to justice and not you. You know. Yeah. The yeah. enactment of justice is an alternative of some kind. And I think that goes towards uh, player makeup. Like very very rarely do you have a party that's so devoted to the idea of good and justice that they are willing to sacrifice killing something that they hate to bring it to justice. Yeah, the, I agree. Players have a, a, not an equal stake, but a very big stake in making the big bad guy interesting. Yes. They, they're not, it's not alone. It's not a journey. It's, you're not writing a book. You're not an author of this solely. They are also responsible for it. If, if our, if our uh, resident you know, Azamar Tabin wasn't passionate about this particular character and wasn't suspicious of him to start, you guys wouldn't be following the people you're following right now. You know, they they have to take an interest and you okay, well the separate we can't talk about yeah. it. <laughs> can't talk about those things. Yeah. <laughs> can't spoil it my own campaign because um, they all listen to the show. Yes. But um I think a, a good example, not of a, necessarily a big bad evil guy, but uh, I, I don't, there's very rarely that I will make a big bad evil guy come around that often. Like, again, typically it's whispers and, and allusions to this creature or person or thing. Um, but I love to have personal villains for my PCs. Yes. Um, in the last campaign I ran, there was a bard in the group, and his backstory was that his prized musical instrument literally fell from the heavens for him to carry on his his life's work of being a great bard. But so it came to pass that that instrument was actually another bard who was flying at the time, got That's hit so by somebody he was funny. fighting. That's so And he's funny. been hunting down the bard that stole his instrument ever since. That's so funny. That's and genius. Th this other bard would suggest that people do terrible things to punish him, 
Uh, and you know, if the if the bard, the good bard, didn't show up to the place that he wanted at the right time, he would have villagers set their own town on fire as punishment. Oh, it was great! Absolute genius. I love that. I love that a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. Of fun. Um, so I think we've covered a lot of various points for big bads. You know, time being the one uh, recurring villain. Your players have to care about them. Um, they actually have to be a threat as well. Uh, I think a lot of things we've covered are important. So, and so, yeah. So just to sum up exactly what you're saying, I think that history and depth are definitely the big ones and threat. The, the actual threat that comes with being a big, bad, evil guy needs to be there. And, you know, if your party isn't feeling it, you need to make them feel it. Yes, which, uh, you know, go back to the very beginning of the show. I think a great example of little villains and big villains is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, even the very first season of the show, the first, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He's the big, bad, evil guy. He's there in the background, moving the pieces around, doing shit. I thought the master was the big, bad, evil I'm sorry, guy. the master. Yeah, 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 not the first. Um, doing evil shit, sending out the henchmen who who become kind of threatening on their own, like they're mini bosses or whatever. Yeah. He has a goal, and he kidnaps, you know, children and threatens her friends and and blows shit up, uh, and eventually escapes. And there's a fight. Like it's it's this long season long buildup. So, I, I I do think if you are looking for a structure of how to structure a big bad guy, you know, a show like Buffy or even Angel does a good job of that. Not that the I show's individually are good individual episodes but they do a good job of structuring that uh one thing that i think is a easy tool that a lot of dungeon masters can quickly employ is the idea of leveling the big bad with your pcs oh interesting to to make it so that there is always that threat always keep them ahead of the game ahead of the curve but almost attainable keep it so that it's interesting for the pcs yeah that's like in the last uh, campaign that you did with uh, our elven characters and whatnot, mm -hmm. like there was this sense that we were very strong and that whoever we fought, we would find a way to beat. Yeah. But even still, that wasn't the case. There was always something that could stop us. And that yeah, the, the us. challenge scaled. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I hope that was enough for you, Paul. <laughs> Uh, and for anybody who wants to make an interesting BBEG, um, really, uh, just looking to other media is a great way to do it. But time, time is my main one. You know, mm -hmm. I I would say uh, I I like the analogy of being two sides of the same coin. Make it so that your characters dislike this person, but not just because they are evil, but because there's something like a personal stake in hating this character. I would like to say one final thing before we go to a break, and that is thinking about one shot villains. You know, think about Strahd. Um, Strahd makes a good big bad guy, not because it's a long campaign, but because we, the players, you you always hear about the curse of Strahd. The time is real in real life. Like, mm -hmm. the buildup of who Strahd is has been happening the entire time you haven't played D&D &D until you get to that one shot. So, like, that time in a one shot functions as well, where you finally, it's like, oh, yes, finally, we get to go hunt down Strahd and, and kill him, you know, whatever, things like that. <laughs> All right, let's um, take five and we'll be right back. And we're back. Mm -hmm. That was exactly the music that was playing just now. I need. I think I need more sound effects in the show. 
Dude, we're not a morning radio show. <laughs> we could be morning drive time with Till and Tyler. Oh my god. Just talking about D in the AM. Oh, that's good. That's really good. This should have been that should have been the show. <laughs> D and D in the PM. <laughs> Except you had DP in the middle. <laughs> Which I guess is fine. Right really. where it belongs. Okay, interesting. Interesting what you think right there. Um, so I had messaged you recently the the question that pertains to the topic of the second half of the show today. I forget what I said. What I, I feel say? like it's always good. Uh, like a good indicator of a good topic whenever you send something. And I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. I sent you. I said, okay, here we go. I asked you, say your D&D character wants to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. They stab themselves in the chest. Does that do damage, or is that like a willful drop to zero, fail death saves, blah, 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 blah. And you responded, um, the, you responded in a very rules technical way. Like, it would be an automatic crit or something like that. Yes, yes. So it got me thinking about the 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 function of narrative death of a character mm-hmm. in a campaign, mm-hmm. specifically... Like if you say your character wants to kill himself for whatever reason, or your or a character needs to be executed for some reason. Yes. Right. And it's, I think a lot of people's first instinct is like, well, well, the characters have a huge amount of hit points. So if I put my level twelve barbarian somehow gets arrested, somehow gets detained, gets his head's gonna get cut cut off by this guy. Yeah. He he can't do anything. Like in reality, really, his his neck is just a neck. I should be able to cut his head off. Yes. Right, but he's got a lot of hit points. <laughs> he's got it's. It might take a couple whacks, you know. Well, and in all fairness, not every beheading went through perfectly the first time. Sometimes it took two or three whacks. That's a function of a poor executioner. Um, I want to refer to the only. I think like there's very little that guides me in this conversation mm-hmm. uh, in the books. Like one line is page twelve of the player's handbook: hit points and hit dice. Your character's hit points. Define how tough your character is in combat and other dangerous situations. Okay. So I read that as that doesn't explicitly say your hit points are reflective of your general toughness. Like your your if I'm if I'm if I'm gonna if I'm gonna kill myself, I'm I'm a character, I'm gonna kill myself. I'm gonna slit my own throat. Yeah. I don't have 120 hit points. I just have a neck and a knife. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. But if somebody else is trying to do that, my hit points reflect more than just like the meatiness of my neck. They reflect a little bit of my luck. Maybe my gods on my side. Maybe a little you bit moving, of my, dodging my enemies armor. Bad luck. Right. My hit points reflective. I like to think of a lot of different things. So how can you? Does it make sense to make narrative death not care about hit points? So the only reason that and i i get what you're saying like you know if you want to commit seppuku because you failed and brought dishonor to your family you should be able to do that or anything like that um the only reason that i am ever against it is because there's situations in battle where you know what if you are and and correct me if i'm wrong but i'm fairly certain that a spell like dominate person does not say that you can't have somebody attack themselves. Let's let's a that's an absolutely fantastic example. Uh, 
spells. I know that there are spells that say you can't have the person hurt. I think charm person is one uh, where it says you can't harm yourself or something. Dominate person. Empty beguile. Telepathic link. Issue commands. It def- it defends and preserves itself to the best of its ability. Yeah, that's if you don't give it an order. Oh yeah, if the creature completes the order. If you you can use your action to take total and precise control of the target. Mm-hmm. Creature takes only the actions you choose and doesn't do anything that you don't allow. Uh, each time it takes damage, it makes a new save. So here's my problem with your idea of narrative death. Why couldn't the person that's charming this person just say, slit your throat and kill yourself? So this is this is the distinction I think I'd have to make is is literally the one between a narrative death and a non-narrative, whatever the opposite of that would be, a technical death. Because mm-hmm. my HP would be my HP would be reflective of a dangerous my health in a dangerous situation. In a dangerous situation, I think somebody charming me and trying to get me to kill myself falls under that umbrella. But um, until you take damage, you don't make another save. So you're not thinking about the danger at the time. You're just thinking, oh yeah, this is right. right. If I take total and precise control of you and I run and throw myself off a cliff, GG. Yeah. That's that's it. That's the end of the game unless you look unless I drop the control and you can fly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so there is a case that that happens anyways. I can do that, right? Yeah. But something something more specific like you know, stabbing myself in the throat, obviously there should in the in your example there should be a hit point element involved. Um and what does that look like? I think this is actually you bring up a very specific example that I liked I'm going to want to use if you are, it's a fifth level spell, right? So what, what's that level? That nine? No, yeah. 11? 11? Uh, yes. Three, yes. Five for third, seven, fourth, fifth level. A ninth level wizard dominates you, takes total and precise control, slits your throat. Is that just an attack? Is that, is that you drop to zero and you have to start making death saves? That's why... And I think that's actually intentionally why D&D as a system doesn't specify anything about suicide or something like that. They don't want be- you to kill yourself. Right? They, don't, they don't want you to be able to kill yourself in a, any situation. They want to avoid that at all costs because otherwise a ninth level caster is suddenly one of the most powerful people in the world. Well, they should be anyways. I mean, yes, they are quite powerful, but I mean, a ninth level caster could theoretically kill a 20th level barbarian Who's quite up? easily with this by throwing him off right. a cliff. Well, that, that, yeah, but that, as the rules as written, that's, that works, right? Oh, yeah, I agree. But I think the point is that they want to limit the number of ways that the system can be abused. I think, pro tip for all you ninth level wizards out there, make sure that your lair is on a cliff. That way you <laughs> just mind control people right off. Oh. It. The Mage's Tower. That's why it's built, baby. Oh, yeah. It's always a tower. I mean, that was a pro strategy in uh, the boat. very early uh, World of Warcraft. You would, cat as a priest, you cast Mind Control during PvP and literally run people off cliffs. Like, the spell the spell would end, and if they had a way to slow fall, whatever. But oftentimes, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Just GG, noob. Yep. Um, so I think maybe it's not written explicitly, but there is a there is a... There's got to be some way to like prevent self harm, right? In these sorts of things, because you talked about charm, mm-hmm. and I think I think not charm, because um, charm doesn't work the way it used to. No, a charm person, I'm pretty sure, specifically says you cannot do anything that would inflict harm on the character. Person. 
Yeah, but charm person isn't the way it is. It's just you get advantage against them. There's something else. No, I think that's friends. I don't think charm no, person is. Charm that. person is you. You. Charm creatures guard you. Uh, you attempt to charm a humanoid. Oh, oh no. Um, is it suggestion that you can't make them hurt themselves? Maybe it's suggestion. I think it's suggestion. There's too many spells that do roughly the same thing. <laughs> a lot of mind control in this world. Um, it, it doesn't get used that often. Uh, suggestion. I have it right. Here. Suggestion. Uh, of action limited to a sentence or two. Ask the creature to stab itself, throw itself onto a spear, immolate itself, or do some uh, harmful act ends the spell. Yeah. Really. Yeah. The suggestion must be worded in such a manner as to make the course of action sound reasonable. So you'd have to frame it in a, in an in obvious way. Because it says an obvious course of action, that would be harmful. Yes. So suggestion is explicit. Dominate yes. person is not an explicit. No, it, it's. I think that's part of the reason that dominate is a higher level because you can do more with it. All right. So, wait. Let's. Here's the dis What's the distinction? You mind control me. You try to. You fully take control. You try to kill myself. Yeah. yeah. And I. And for whatever reason, narrative or otherwise, your character's like, you know what? I'm just going to kill myself. Where's the what's the rules distinction? Should the DM just say, "Oh, you want to kill yourself? Fine. You're you're at zero. You failed two death saves." I think, I, I again, I personally think that if you want to do it for narrative reasons, like if a character is ending their life because I've never had a character. I know this. I know this is abstract. It's purely abstract. But, but if there was such a reason, then I think that you could just ask the DM, "Hey, I want to do this in this right. way." For the story, but more importantly, but I don't the think execution there should... part is my is my the more important question. Again, I think if it's for the story, you can just say that you know maybe the person skipped sleeping for six days and they're just so exhausted that their hit points are less and they have no saves anymore and you know yeah. Think great. about Eddard Stark, right? Yeah, he's he's got character levels for sure. Yeah, hundred percent in a war. And he gets his head cut off in one swing. Now, the, there's two things at play there. One, um, who's the executioner? Um, Ilan Payne, Payne I yeah. think, is Payne. the executioner. He has character levels, first mm -hmm. of all. And Eddard Stark was in a dungeon for, like, days and days After and days, getting the right? shit kicked out of him and almost killed. Yeah. Right. So his, his HP max isn't full. Yeah. But uh, I think there's got to be room. And obviously, this is... this. Probably is I, I I talk about his narrative death because it would really have to be a conversation between you and your players. If I if I kidnapped your character, you know, and I put you up on the gallows and I hanged you and I said, okay, you're dead, you'd be you'd be mad and rightfully exactly. so. Exactly. I don't think any DM would ever do that. No, but if I if you had an NPC you guys were friendly with mm -hmm. and you knew, and they were casting second level spells, so you know they're a certain level, and I kidnapped them and strung them up and they died. Mm -hmm. That's much better because suddenly it's like, oh my fucking god! It's a call to action more than anything. Yeah, and I I shouldn't have to like roll damage for a hanging. Well, no, I mean they would they would die of suffocation after you know a minute. Unless their neck so. snapped and they died instantly because it was a good hanging. Yeah, you you can roll that, right? And you you get the minute to try and revivify them or whatever. Yeah, but imagine you don't, and they're just dead. I, I feel like you're as a DM, you have very limited discretion. To use these things where you can you can ignore hit points. Yes, and I agree with that. And I think that's an intentional move. Again, so that things like dominate don't cause instant death. 
Yes, except for the cliff jumping part. Except for cliff jumping. Cliff jumping is always a possibility. I think the cliff jumping is a great possibility. Or, you know, you, you are a more powerful wizard. I take control of you. And you, <laughs> cast, you cast fly on yourself, I, and you, I fly you up in the sky, and then I cancel the fly spell, and you're just falling, and you're dead. <laughs> All right. Um, obviously, I wasn't advocating Okay, wait. That's actually an interesting anything. thing. While being mind-controlled, could you cast a concentration spell on yourself? Uh, Isn't your mind already occupied? I would probably would we have to be no right? I I would say you couldn't do it. Well, could you? You 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 don't have access to their spells. No. But could you cast spells through, through them? Dominated person like a familiar. Or if like or if you know that they do know the spell, like if you saw them cast fireball earlier, I would say that you could tell them to cast fireball. I I would I would go I would it was a big stretch to make them cast any spells because you can't you can't guarantee that they have any slots left or they prepared well more I think at that point what you would do is you would use your ability and say cast this and if they can they do and if they can't they just don't waste an action yeah. yeah um here's the thing right like um inflict wounds make a melee spell attack against a creature you can reach that could be you yeah so can I mind control and then non cast my own spell inflict wounds through the creature on themselves to try and like <laughs> to, to, I don't to, think you could you know? do that because I think they're still the ones that have to cast it like cuz they're the ones that have to do the the verbal components and, and and the hand motions and pull out the materials and shit like that's still them doing it to get the energy from the spell. Well, that's why I that's why I used inflict wounds as an example because it's only verbal and somatic. It's it's pretty basic what it requires, and that begs the question, which I think could be another show probably. Where does magic come from? How do I generate magic? Who can do it? I don't. I don't think like you could make a barbarian cast inflict wounds on themselves. That's just not possible. These is these are questions for another time. I think. Um. All right. The point I think we concluded is. Uh. If you if you are engaging in a scenario that it wouldn't, it would be really like an obstruction to consider hit points. Um, it requires a, a larger discussion between you and your party. Yes, yeah, I think that I, I honestly think that it's probably best just to avoid it from a PC sense. Like if you want to yeah. have NPCs, you know, so distraught over the loss of a loved one that your PCs failed to save, you know off themselves you know that's one thing you know that's that's that a call to action to the pcs but in terms of pcs just let them live yeah but npcs hang them high oh yeah am i right like, like you know it's like um uh when uh captain jack sparrow is coming into port for the first time and he sees the dead men hanging men hanging like yes that's that's a call to action that's you know obviously you couldn't do that with jack they tried and failed many times but he even did die and came back yeah which was a goofy fucking thing. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't think we learned or solved anything. How about you? I think we did our best to answer Paul's question. That's all that matters. Yeah, GG, Paul. Um, make sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it. Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'm a, I'm a Spotify man these days. So Paul I don't know if that tracks our listens or not. Uh, it does. I just haven't bothered looking at the info there. I like Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at RWD Podcast. Uh, I haven't been tweeting lately because all D&D &D Twitter was this week was 
is this racist? And I just didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, feel yeah. free to send us topics you want to hear about your DD rants at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. Orcs aren't people. That's all I got to say about that. Did you just say orcs aren't people? Yes. Oh, boy. Um, special thanks to Paul for the email. And we will see you all next time. Till then.